What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show here for you on this Wednesday, March 24th, the year 2021. Get into uh, the March Madness from Saturday, Sunday, and on Monday. Give you my thoughts on that. Look forward a little bit to the Sweet 16 as well this upcoming weekend. Give you my thoughts on the NCAA and the debacle that was how they've handled their uh, women's basketball tournament bubble down in San Antonio. And I'll give you a couple of thoughts on uh, LeBron James and Low Metal Ball. Low Metal Ball, who will miss the rest of the season with a wrist injury. And God knows how long LeBron will be out with his ankle sprain. So it'll be an all-basketball show for you. College, uh, women's and men's, and the National Basketball Association here on this uh, Wednesday episode of your favorite little sports talk program. Uh, first off, before I get to the overall, th- I, before I recap the uh, this past weekend in college basketball and look forward to the Sweet 16, I got, I got a little theme here to start off with at the top. And the theme is the, and the theme is the teams that, uh, now listen, I understand that, you know, essentially everyone's bracket in America has been busted at this point but but it's but granted it's my show i have my own bracket and this platform that i have provides me to come on here and to yell and scream and moan and groan about my busted bracket because there's some teams that are in my crosshairs that have annoyed that have annoyed me the last few days with their pathetic performances costing me in my bracket in my 30 dollar pool with uh, my brother and sister not to mention the fifty one thousand dollar pool that I entered in with uh, with the, the Pat McAfee show where if you finish number one you uh, get f- you get a 51 grand and if you don't finish number one you get f- nothing so it's a couple teams that in my crosshairs first off the Texas the Texas Longhorns who I had in my bra- who I had in my bracket beating Abilene Christian and going all the way to the Sweet 16 I saw a decent amount of uh, Texas Longhorns Horn basketball. They went nineteen and they went nineteen and eight in their regular season. They were the three seed in the eastern region of their bracket. I had them going all the way to the Sweet Sixteen, and they let me down. They let me down because first off, first off, they hit a game winning. I give you the guy's name. The uh, I give you the guy's name. Andrew Jones hit a th- wide open three pointer. To, with fourteen with fourteen seconds to go, which made it a fifty two fifty one ab uh, Texas lead with thirteen point eight seconds to go. It was phenomenal ball movement by Texas. Phenomenal job by the by the point guard kicking it out to the wing. Hits a absolute drainer into the hoop to make it fifth to make it fifty uh to make it fifty two fifty one Texas with thirteen seconds to go. Abilene Christian gets the ball back in the closing seconds. They go up the the they go their guy goes to the basket Shot goes up, gets blocked, gets they Texas can't get the defensive rebound. Abilene Christian gets the offensive rebound and gets and gets fouled with one point two seconds 
in the second half. So what happens? Abilene Christian's guy, Joe Pleasant, goes to the free throw line and makes free throw, free throw number one, free throw number two. Abilene Christian wins the game 53-52. You cannot under any circumstances, any circumstances, foul in that situation. I understand you got to play tight defense, but you, you can't foul. And you got to get the offensive rebound. Or, yeah, to get, get, the, uh, get the defensive rebound, excuse me. But you can't foul in that situation. And then and then they go and then they go call the outlet pass and the guy and the guy inbounding the ball throws a hail mary pass into essentially triple coverage that gets intercepted in the middle of mid court and they don't even have a chance for a last little hail mary throw throw catch jump and shoot play miracle play and to have them you know try to win the game with the second and point two left in left in regulation. So it, it, te- Texas bothered me, kept me up to about 12, 30, 12, 40 at night for that and Abilene Christian, you know, who, who you would think would be dead to rights, dagger in the hearts, giving up a, a potential game-winning three-point shot. They get the ball in their next possession. They drive up to layup, shot gets blocked. They get the offensive rebound, and they get fouled. And because they were in the penalty, it's automatic. It's one and one. They go to the line, shoot two free throws. They sink them both. And then on the and then on the inbounds pass, they throw a pass into the middle of the court that has no chance of being completed, being triple teamed by the Abilene Christian defenders. So Texas doesn't even have a doesn't even throw up a shot with their last possession with a second left on the clock, and Texas loses the game 53-52. That bothered me. That's I'm number one. I'm number two is the Florida Gators and is the Florida Gators the seventh seed. Going up against Oral Roberts. Oh, yes, that Oral Roberts that essentially had me mad as hell on Friday when they they upset uh, Ohio State in overtime. Yes, yes, those uh, Oral Roberts Golden Eagles, 15th seed. I cannot believe if I had a nickel for every single double-digit lead that Florida blew against Oral Roberts in the second half. They had, they had, I swear to God, they must have had about five double-digit leads in the second half against Oral Roberts and blew every single one of them and lost the game by the final score of 81-78. to 78. And where did I have, uh, let's go back to your handy-dandy bracket, where did I have Florida Gators, let's see, that Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts, that is the South Region. And I had the Florida Gators losing to I was the second round matchup should have been Florida and Ohio State. And Florida does that against Oral Roberts. Now I should have now I should have known better because I had Florida beating Virginia Tech and Florida nearly screwed me up right out of the gate. 12-15 first game of the afternoon on Friday. They nearly screwed me over. Nearly losing to uh nearly losing to Virginia Tech, missing the two free throws which would have put the game on, on ice and then allowing Virginia Tech on their next possession to shoot a game tying three to send the game into overtime. So I, I should have known I should have known better with that. But that but that bothered me. Enough of the enough of all Robert. 
Roberts. I mean, why are they still in the tournament? I understand upsets are nice and cute, but at this point in the game, I don't want all Roberts in the Sweet 16. I've had enough. Another team that I've had enough of is, is Loyola Chicago. Now, this game really bothered me because out of the five, I, th I had five, let's see, I had uh, I had the bracket that's on the paper, which, in, which goes hand in hand with the bracket that I made on the uh, March Madness Live app. So, and in both of those, I had Michigan, Illinois in the national championship. So I had Illinois going all the way to the national championship. So that's out. And then I had a bracket on the CBS Sports app where I had Illinois winning the whole thing. And, and so, so essentially those three brackets. And I think on the other ones I had, I had Illinois in the final four. So I was burned all over the place because Illinois forgot to show up. Forgot to show up. And Kofi Coburn got burned, no pun intended, by some guy in Loyola, Chicago, who looks like a 42-year-old man, you know, who's, uh, who's been plumbing for the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Kofi Coburn is not a factor in this game. Not a factor. 21 points, 9 rebounds, no assists, 7 or 12 from, uh, from the field, and 7 of 8 free throws. Not a factor in this game whatsoever. And Illinois, and, and you want and you want to talk about a, a disappointing and underwhelming performance from the Illinois Fighting Illini. I mean, just absolutely pathetic. But the team that I'm also getting a little sick and tired of, and that I don't like to see, you know, essentially pass the pass the second round is Loyola Chicago. Enough, I'm I'm and I apologize, but the story with Sister Jean has ran its course. It was a nice little. Cute little story. It's ran its course already. Enough of the Sister Jean stuff. Uh, it's, it's, I've grown tired of it. It's becoming tired, annoying, repetitive. Eh, enough. Goodbye. Get Who, who does, uh, who does uh, Loyal Chicago play in the Sweet 16? I know that, but I just want to go off the paper just so I'm accurate. I will be pulling so hard for Oregon State to knock off Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16. Y'all won't know what hit you. I've had enough of Loyola Chicago. I've had enough of Sister Jean. And oh my goodness gracious, all this over a nun that's 101 years old. My goodness gracious, I get it. It was a cute night little story a few years ago. It's ran its course. Move on. And Illinois, really, this is what we're going to do now. And Kofi Coburn, who I essentially heard, you know, was the equivalent of Shaquille O'Neal throughout the Big Ten tournament, goes ahead, does that on Sunday. Was not a factor. Did not take over the basketball game whatsoever. He ought to be. He and the rest of his Illinois fi fighting Illini teammates should be a, should be embarrassed. You all were a Final Four pick. Some some of which for you to win the national title, and you couldn't even make it past the second round. Embarrassing. Game slash team number three that really 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 bugged me was Oklahoma State. Now this was a matchup that I actually happened to predict right coming out of the first coming out of the first round. Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. Oregon State took care of business against Tennessee in the first round. Oklahoma State took care of business against Liberty in the first round. This is one of the one of the few matchups besides Syracuse, West Virginia, Texas Tech and Arkansas, uh USC and Kansas, Oregon and Iowa. Michigan and LSU and Maryland and Alabama and Gonzaga versus Oklahoma. Those that uh, Oregon State and Oklahoma State, along with the rest of those matches that I just named, were the only matchups that I corrected perf perfectly. You know, coming out of the first round for the second round matchup, but 
or Oklahoma State. What a pathetic, what a pathetic performance. I mean, you got, I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this Oklahoma State, I mean, if you did not stay up till essentially one o'clock in the morning watching that game, go back, go back and look at the highlights. I mean, Oklahoma State, every single time Oklahoma State looked to, uh, look to get within about, you know, without a, without a couple of, get within about a couple of possessions from taking the lead from Oregon State, every single time you turn around, they blew the lead. And Oregon State's lead just got larger, 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 and larger. I mean, my goodness gracious. Granted, Cade Cunningham balled out as best he could. 24 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists and played the full 40 minutes. But he wasn't exactly a spectacular either, shooting 6 of 20 from the field. And speaking of shooting poor from the field, you know what You know how, You know know how? what Oklahoma State's field goal percentage was in the game? 27% from the field. That is that is pathetic. Twenty seven percent from the field, twenty seven percent from behind the arc, and shot sixty eight percent from the free throw line. They couldn't throw the ball off the boat off a boat into the Atlantic Ocean on Saturday night, or Sunday night, whatever night it was. They were pathetic, pathetic this past weekend. Pathetic. I mean, if you would have went back and look at all the all the points that Oklahoma State left on the board, they probably would have won this game. They lost by 10 points. They would have won this game if they would have sink, if they were able to sink th- free throws, if they would have made their shots from three, and if they just would have made their basic mid-range jump shots. Again, as a team, they shot 27%. Terrible. 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 And and, and and beyond, 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 pathetic, pathetic. So Oregon State left me going to bed annoyed on Sunday night because it couldn't get the job done. And then finally, how about the Iowa Hawkeyes? What a phenomenal job. I mean, I understand. I mean, Luca Garza, God bless him, he balled his heart out. But but it, it, Luca Garza's thirty six points mean nothing, and you scoring eighty points means nothing. When you allow the Oregon Ducks to essentially, you know, to essentially go ape, go ape, you know what, all over your defense and put up ninety five points, and then one and I and one out of my five brackets, I had Iowa winning the whole thing, and I had Iowa going to the Elite Eight, and and uh, in my main bracket, had them going to the Elite Eight, going up against Gonzaga, and and they couldn't even and they couldn't get out of the second round. And they were the two seed. It's it's just pathetic. I mean, what 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 good is Luca Garza's 36 points? What what good is you all putting 80 points together on the scoreboard if you don't play defense? Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. You know what else was pathetic? You know what else was pathetic? The Big 10. I'd get to them and do and throw Mike in Orange County a solid and uh praise his Pac twelve. Those are the that's honestly the main story coming out of the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Pac twelve is better than we thought, and Big Ten, dare I say, is a little overrated. Take a break. Just getting started. I'm telling like a TIS podcast.
Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gear. Well, not even switching gear. Still staying with the NCAA tournament. Um, just to give you, before I give you a, a, essentially a huge recap and an overview of Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's action, I want to give you a, another theme that I took out of, besides the teams that I had aforementioned, Illinois, Iowa, Florida State, not Florida State, Illinois, Iowa, Oklahoma State, uh, and Florida, and Texas all again in my crosshairs for screwing up my bracket, but, um... But I'll, but the second theme that I took out of this, and probably the main theme that essentially all of America, as far as this tournament cares about, is the fact that the, that the uh, Pac-12 has really shown up to play in this tournament. I mean, you go ahead and look. The Pac-12 had... If you go ahead and look, the Pac-12 had five teams... Had five teams in the NCAA... Had five teams in the NCAA, in the NCAA tournament. They had, and I'll give you the teams right here, but they have, but the Pac-12 give them a lot of credit. You know, they don't get, they're overlooked. They're over, they're overlooked partly because the majority of the East Coast, uh, the majority of of America plays in, or not plays, but lives on the East Coast, and they don't see a lot of Pac-12 basketball. Not to mention outside of really UCLA, which has a, you know, which you know got a little bit of historical significance to them because of John Wood and everything else. But those are not, but those are not historically, you know, well-known basketball schools such as the Duke, such as a. Um, you know, such as a uh, Kentucky, a uh, North Carolina schools like that, but uh, but give give them a give them a ton give them a ton of credit because they have they have showed up and showed out in this NCAA tournament. They are not as a conference. They are nine and one. That's a nine hundred win percentage. Nine and one, nine hundred win percentage in this tournament so far. They've had twelve to, and the one loss being Colorado. In which they lost on Monday. They lost on Monday to uh, Florida State, but that's been their only loss that they've had in this tournament so far. I mean, you go ahead and you go ahead and look at the at the at the, at the uh, Pac-12 conferences: USC, um, USC, Oregon, Colorado. Uh, let's see, USC, Oregon, Colorado. That's three. Um, go to the other side of the bracket. Oregon State. That's four, and the fifth one is I believe the fifth one is San Diego. Is San Diego State in the pack in the Pac twelve? I don't think they are. Um, so yeah, Oregon State, Oregon State, uh, Oregon State, uh. Oregon State, USC, US, UCLA, USC, Oregon State, Colorado, and who's the fifth one? Did I say Oregon? Oregon, USC, UCLA, Colorado, and Oregon State. I believe Oregon State is in the, uh, Oregon State is a, um... Oregon State is a, a Pac-12 school. I think they are. If they are, there's your five. There is your five thing. Okay, cool. So you got Oregon State, Oregon, Colorado, SC, UCLA. So you got 
two California teams, two Oregon teams, and you got the one uh, Colorado team. So there you go. I knew I was going to get it eventually. But those are the five teams that made the tournament. Four are remaining, and the four and those four are in the are in the Sweet Sixteen. They're nine and one together as a conference. With like I said, the aforementioned Colorado losing to Florida State earlier in the week, and you and it's to the point where you even have an all. Uh, Pac-12 Sweet 16 matchup between USC and Oregon State. They've but that but SC the but the Pac-12 have done a phenomenal job. I mean, just look. I mean, USC USC destroyed Drake. Uh, USC. I mean, they they uh, they beat Drake. Destroyed Kansas. Uh, beat. They put up 95 points against Iowa. Oregon did. Um, you go ahead. You go ahead and you look. Um, they took. They demolished Georgetown, Colorado did. Um, UCLA had to work a little bit on last Thursday to beat Michigan State in overtime in the first four. Took care of business against BYU, then beat and then uh, and then took and then went on to uh, beat Texas the other night. And now they're in the Sweet Sixteen. They've done well. And you go ahead and you look. Oregon State beat Tennessee. Uh, beat Tennessee had an unbelievable, not a, well, unbelievable on my end because I had Oklahoma State as far as the bracket, but took care of business against Oklahoma State. I mean, they've done as a conference, they've done an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal job. Nine and one. I mean, you can't get any better than that. And you know, they don't get much attention because, like I said, you know, those aren't those aren't big time schools outside of UCLA. You look to for college, you know. Yeah, as a quote unquote college basketball program, USC being a prime example. That's you know that's traditionally that's been a that's been a uh, football institution. Uh, USC compared to you know compared to the UCLA's of the world. Same thing with uh, same thing applies uh, with Oregon. But you know they don't get a lot of attention on the West Coast, so their games are typically later on at or late at night, regardless, which which automatically is going to draw a lot of eyeballs to the TV, you know, to uh, to the apps on your uh, on your devices or on you know and draw eyeballs to the TV. Um, but they've done a phenomenal job in this tournament. A, t- a conference that has been absolutely pathetic in this tournament has been the Big Ten. Which has been absolutely just underwhelming and just oh, they're six and seven. They're six and seven. That's a four sixty two winning percentage, and they had nine teams. Most out of any conference, they had nine teams in heading heading into this tournament and got put into this tournament on Selection Sunday, which was now two weeks ago, and now and they they went from nine teams down to one and rolling in the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, you, I mean, just take. I mean, take a look. Michigan being the only team left standing. They had. Uh, let's go ahead here. They had Wisconsin, who couldn't get past the first round against. Who couldn't get out of the second round against Baylor. You go ahead and you look at Illinois. Didn't show up against Loyola Chicago on Sunday. Uh, let's see. Rutgers embarrassing loss to Houston the other night. Um, I'd rant and rave about that if I actually had Houston, so there's none for me to bellyache about. Maryland took care of business against UConn last Saturday, this past Saturday, only for them to get destroyed because Alabama, every single 
jump shot Alabama took. It was from three, and they and I and you know and you know it was every single time you blinked an eye, it was another Alabama three point, you know, another three points for Alabama going on to the scoreboard. Maryland got destroyed by Alabama. Now, granted, they are they're a Big Ten school, but a lot of people look at them as an ACC sort of uh, ordeal compared to the Wisconsin's and the Michigans of the world. But you get the idea. They got destroyed by Alabama earlier this week. You go ahead and you look uh, to. Um, and then you go, hey, you look at teams that got knocked out in the first, you know, Iowa got destroyed by got destroyed by Oregon. I mean, lots of Michigan State couldn't get out of the first four against against uh against UCLA. So I mean you go you look and there were a lot of teams, a lot of teams that got destroyed with you know, got got destroyed earlier early in the tournament that you would have thought would have made a uh, more decent of a run, you know, get to a sweet 16, get to an elite eight, and then you'll see them, you know, start to uh, eliminate themselves by the wayside. The only team that's still standing is the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, Illinois won their, won their Big Ten tournament, and they couldn't get past the second round against Loyola Chicago, like I mentioned in the last segment. But you want to talk about a, uh, a conference that has been very underwhelming in this tournament. I mean, from Rut- Rutgers, Iowa, I mean, and, and I don't mean, you know, getting, getting you know, getting unlucky a la Texas where, you know, you, or, you know, they get a foul call. They go to the free throw line, sink the two, th- sink the two free throw shots and losing it that way. They, they, these teams, these teams be getting destroyed. I mean, Iowa allowed Oregon to put up 95 points against them the other night. I mean, Maryland, Maryland, what was the final, what was the final score that Maryland, what was the final score that Maryland Alabama game? I mean, Maryland got absolutely destroyed by Alabama the other night. And they, I mean, Maryland lost to Alabama 96 to 77. I mean, Michigan couldn't get out of the and couldn't get out of the first four against UCLA. Rutgers blew a lead to Houston. Uh, you go ahead and you look. You go ahead and you look. Uh, let's let's see what else. I mean, Iowa, who many people along with Illinois picked to go to the Final Four, couldn't get couldn't get make it past the second round. Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts on the first day. Of the first round, Wisconsin got you know wasn't you know you know by the time Wisconsin got their act together against Baylor on Sunday it was too little too late. So it's just been a pathetic performance from the members of the Big Ten conference all around. While the Pac-12 looked like or has appeared up until this point that they that they have uh, brought their A game. Now, granted, you can also say well it's because the it's because the Big Ten is such a competitive conference and has so many great teams that have championship fervor that they essentially that essentially their conference tournament is like a collision course where they essentially do nothing but kill each other for, the, for five days straight so by the time they're finished but so by the time they finish busting busting their ass in the conference tournament they get to the NCAA tournament and they're essentially gassed and winded and essentially have nothing left in the tank and nothing left to give because they go through the gauntlet that is the that is the Big Ten as far as their basketball programs are concerned I understand all that, but still, I mean, what's more important? Winning winning the NCAA tournament, cutting down the nets, winning the national championship, or or cutting down the nets and winning or and winning a Big Ten tournament, which which you know which you enjoy for essentially about a few days, and then all of a sudden you have to flip the page 
and 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 look ahead and look forward to your next to your next opponent trying to you know make a, a final four run and trying to win a national championship. But I mean, Pac-12 play has been absolutely phenomenal in this tournament, and the Big Ten has been uh, nowhere to be found except for Michigan, who was the last team standing and in the Sweet 16 up out of the uh, Pac-10. But as far as the week, but as far as the weekend heading into Monday of basketball was concerned, um, listen, enjoyed every single minute of it. Uh, like I told you, I was going to on Saturday from uh, Georgetown to Colorado to Kansas and Eastern Washington to Michigan and Texas Southern, LSU, St. Bonaventure, Alabama destroying Iona, uh, Maryland beat Connecticut at night, uh, uh, the, the Oklahoma ed, edging uh, Missouri 72-68, uh, UCLA beating uh, beating uh, BYU. Um, they had, they had Oregon and, um, VCU, they didn't play cause, because, uh, VCU had a positive COVID test. They didn't have, so that was one last game that was on the schedule this weekend. And then of course the thrower that was Abilene Christian in Texas, phenomenal weekend of college basketball was on it every single step of the way. Houston, like I like I, again, if they would, if it if I would have had, uh, if I would have had, um, Rutgers or what I would lost my mind, but Houston, you know, got the got breaks of all time because of Rutgers vomiting all over themselves and choking late into that game. One of the more epic choke jobs you're ever going to see. Houston beating Rutgers by three sixty three to sixty. Uh, Texas Tech uh, screwing me over, losing to Arkansas by two, which bothered me. Uh, Syracuse and Buddy and Buddy Beheim winning early in the afternoon, 75-72. Buddy Beheim's 25 points of phenomenal talent. He is uh, Baylor beating uh, Wisconsin Handley, 76-63. Illinois, like I already stated, not showing up against Loyola Chicago. And if you and, and before I get to Monday, if you notice there's and I don't know if you all out there listening have paid attention to this, but I, from what I've picked on, sorry about that, what I've picked up on early in the tournament is that, you know, teams teams going up for layups or when teams have, have to, you know, have that last possession and have that last final jump shot of, you know, have that last final possession, have that last final jump shot to either tie the game, send it, send it into overtime or win the game. They always, for whatever the reason, now I, we haven't had a buzzer beater yet in this tournament, so maybe a little, you know, suit, a little too soon for me to say something, but at least for me, it's like every single time these guys, you know, they got a guy, they, these teams have these guys that go up for these jumpers, you know, potential game tying, game winning jumpers to save their season. They're shot is either an air ball or it barely or barely hits the rim i mean i don't know what it is you know whether they think whether they think they you know too much arc on their too much arc on the ball when they release it or what but it's like every single time i see a guy you know you know for not not like a long quarter a half court shot or anything every single time i see a guy take a take a three or mid-range to tie the game up or win it it always falls short not not like it rims in and out or it's off the backboard and nearly goes in. It's either it misses the net completely or or it or it hits the front iron or the rim and then essentially had no chance of going in. That's just something that I've picked up that I've just picked up on me personally. 
but uh, j just an observation that I've taken in throughout the first uh, few days of the few days of the tournament. I mentioned Oregon didn't bother, to, or excuse me, Iowa didn't bother to play defense against Oregon. Uh, Gonzaga took care of business against Oklahoma. The the games on on us uh, on Monday were not that great outside of Michigan and outside of Michigan and LSU, and even that game it was it was an eight point it was an eight point differential between the winner and the loser. Abilene Christian got blown out by 20 by UCLA. Crankton beat the brakes off of Ohio 72 to 58. And then Maryland, again, what can you do when uh when Alabama shoot none but threes, 96-77. Florida State beat the hell out of Colorado 71-53. And then USC took care of business against Kansas 85 to 51. So the tournament from the from the first four from the games you had in the first four were, which were off the charts games on Friday which were off the charts and the games on Saturday some of which were off the charts and, and Sunday we had a couple we had decent basketball Monday was the worst day if you had to pick if you had to pick a worst day of the tournament if you had to pick the out of all the days that you had from Thursday including the first four all the way to uh, Monday. Monday was the worst day of the tournament because all because all the games all the games you felt like the team was in control you know throughout the entire game and, and or they won by double digits but bad day of basketball on Monday but but together as a weekend from you know Thursday slash Friday to Monday it's the basketball has been absolutely entertaining and absolutely off the charts and i just, it's it's been absolutely phenomenal buddy Bayheim, phenomenal talent enjoyed watching Cade cunningham play of uh oklahoma state both of those guys are going to be uh top picks in, in this upcoming uh nba draft but it's just been compelling basketball for the most part uh so far in this uh in the sensi double a tournament um, before I go to break and give you my opinion, uh, for the, uh, you know, for the, um, for the, my buddy Ron's of the world, you know, I'm, I get, I get through an episode, you know, screaming and yelling about Oral Roberts singing, that's going to get a little bit of traction, talking for the first time in the history of this program, NCAA tournament basketball, and all of a sudden, you know, and I send the episodes out because God knows I need as many people listen to this dopey show as I possibly can, and I got Ron hitting me up in text messages talking about, well, did you talk about, did you talk about the, uh, the uh the situation as far as uh the as far as the uh, women's bubble is concerned and them getting done dirty by the NCAA I was like no I ha I had like a full slate of things to talk about I, maybe in hindsight maybe you know I, that uh that NFL stuff and and baseball could have been saved for another time but I wanted to talk about it on that day on that morning on Saturday so I did it. And I, and I, you know, give me all sorts of hell for not bringing up. I say, like, okay, Ron, I'll bring up Wednesday. So because of him, because he got me all annoyed, I will bring up after, after I mention this, uh, you know, in the last remaining minute minutes of this segment. But as far as the Sweet 16 is concerned, you got 12 seeded Oregon State going up against number eight uh, Loyola Chicago. You got five seeded Villanova going up against number one seeded Baylor. Uh, Oral Roberts, 15 seed, going up against number three, Arkansas. Syracuse, the 11, going up against uh, Houston, the number two. And then the other Sweet 16 game, you got uh, Crankton, who's the five, going up against Gonzaga, the one, Florida State, the four, uh, going up against Michigan State, the one, UCLA, 11, going up against Alabama, the two. And then the 
Pac-12 matchup between seven seeded Oregon and six seed USC. So that's your basketball for uh, Saturday and Sunday. I think I'm gonna do an episode not Saturday, but I'll do. I'll see if I can do one for you all uh, late Friday to give you a little bit of a preview feel for uh, for the uh, for the uh, Saturday and you know for the. Uh, Sweet 16 slash Elite 8 weekend of the tournament because, you know, well, uh, maybe I'll oh, man, uh, tip off for the first game of that 240. So I'll just do one on Saturday anyway. So I'll just do, you know, around the same time I uploaded last week. So it'll be the same time I uploaded this week. Uploaded in time for the 240 tip Oregon State and Loyola Chicago on uh, CBS. From now on, it's a, uh, from this way forward, it's a CBS and TBS uh, deal. Uh, this is uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are the, uh, you know, is all TBS has left of this NCAA tournament. Um, TNT is TNT's done, and True TV, uh, they both have uh, said goodnight as their, uh, their uh, production of the NCAA tournament came to a close uh, on uh, Monday. Um, you know, to True TV gets the gets the first four, first and second round. They say good night, and TNT gets the first and second round. Then they say good night, and and TBS gets a, gets every round, first, second, Sweet Sixteen, and Elite Eight. And then of course they have their rotation deal where they and CBS take turns of doing the Final Four, uh, and the uh, national championship game. CBS has you the rest, you know. Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, National Championship, CBS, or, T, or excuse me, TBS, you know, they have up until, uh, they have up until Saturday, March, excuse me, Saturday, April, uh, Saturday, April 3rd, which is uh, Final Four, which is Final Four, uh, Final Four Saturday. I don't like it, the fact that they, and they added that in 2016 where CBS and TBS, they rotate. I don't like that. I don't like that idea because any NCAA should step in. That's something that CBS and TBS has done together. NCAA should step in and say, "Look, guys, I understand y'all got your little deal here, you know, and essentially, and it, it saves CBS because they only have one because because they only have one network, and you know, and, you know adding the Turner people gets uh, gets uh, you know gets other networks into the mix so they can air every game on every individual network all at the same time, like they've been doing since 2011 for wow, ten years now." But you know, I I I if I was in the NCAA, I'd tell CBS. I'd say, look, 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 look. Okay. Now for the final, if for the final four, if you want to put one game on CBS and one game on TBS, that's fine. But I'm, if I'm if I'm the NCAA, I'm telling I'm telling Turner and I'm telling CBS Sports that championship game come hell to high waters on CBS. I want to because because I want a good rate. I want a good. Not good, but I want a great rating. I want as high a rating for that game as I possibly can get, and I'm gonna get it more likely on CBS, which is which is which has been a staple of American television, you know, si since the beginning of television from the days of uh, from the days of uh, Walter Cronkite, and you know, from the from the sixties, seventies. 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now into the 2020s. 60 minutes, you know, people know where CBS is on the, you know, on their, uh, on their cable provider. Unless you're into, unless you're into, uh, uh, 
you know, unless you're a baseball fan or you or you love watching reruns of Friends, everybody loves Raymond and Family Guy, or if you're Mike Babchick and likes to watch uh, episodes of Wipeout with uh, with uh, Camille Kostick, no one again unless you're outside of those of that party, you have no idea where TBS is until essentially the day of or right before the beginning of the NCAA tournament. And you're not going to get as big as a rating putting a game on TBS as you do on CBS. And I don't know why the NCAA doesn't say doesn't say look, okay, if if you want to if you want to swap, if you want to swap years, if you want to swap years rotating the final four, that's fine, whatever. If if you give CBS a game and give TBS a game for the final four, that's fine, but the, but the national championship needs to be on needs to be on on it on the on the network station. It needs to be on CBS. They put the selection show on CBS. CBS does the college basketball. You know, TBS TBS TNT and Drew. They don't do the college basketball until the NC until the NCAA tournament. TNT does the NBA and TBS does does uh, does baseball. CBS does college basketball from you know from essentially from the you know to beginning middle of January all the way through. They do it. They pay the NCAA for it. They have it. That's that's their that's their that's their bailiwick. You know they got you know during outside of NFL playoff once uh, the NFL playoffs and they fill and and outside of a little golf here and there they fill their airwaves during the uh, dark days of the of the winter time and early spring with college basketball they get the national championship game they got it for plenty of, they got it for many a years many a years since they've been doing the NCAA tournament. They, in my eyes, should get the national championship game. The NCAA should say, "Listen, this is going to be a little, a little cute little thing. We all just have rotating." The same way CBS has the rights to the Masters every single year. The same way CBS has the rights for not too much longer, but has the rights to the SEC championship for their football. They have the rights for the national championship game. If the if they want to fought around with the Turner Networks from the round of sixty four to the to the uh, elite eight and or the final four, have at it. But I want but if I was the NCAA, I want a strong rating and I want as many people watching watching our product as much as possible. Put the game on CBS. That's what I would do. Put my foot down and say, hey. You're putting it. You're putting on national championship game on CBS. None of this garbage where you flip it every other year. Where essentially our ratings are through the roof one year and then they're in the toilet the next because because people don't know where the hell to find you know what network or or what uh, number channel TBS is on their uh, on their cable provider and has to essentially go on a wild goose chase just to find TBS to watch a uh, to watch a college basketball championship game, but. That's my thoughts on it, and that's neither here nor there. I will break it down and preview for you the Sweet 16 on Saturday, but that's where you stand as far as the NCAA tournament is, is concerned. Take a break, come right back, give you my thoughts on how the NCAA has handled their women's tournament. This is for you, Ron. Take a break. Back after this.
Welcome back to the Young Teleka TIS podcast. Switching gears now from the uh, men's NCAA tournament side of things to the women's NCAA tournament side of things. And that is because, uh, and give um, and give my buddy um, Ron Clark, uh, my old uh, football teammate, uh, my old football uh, high my old football high school teammate all the credit because he was busting my chops on Saturday me to bring it up and there I shall I haven't ignored it if you check my Twitter page and Instagram at the J Shield I've mentioned it and give and given my two cents on it in the last uh, week or so but the NCAA should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for how they have treated and just gone about the whole NCAA, whole women's NCAA, or excuse me, the whole women's D1 basketball tournament bubble. It's just, you know, and I'm seeing, you know, they essentially, in case you haven't seen it, they got, you know, they, you know, in these, you know, in the convention centers in Indianapolis, they gave the men essentially, they social distance essentially built them an entire gym in their little ballroom dance floor. Meanwhile, the women, they gave women a little sorry, one of them little sorry little uh, stack of weights. You know, those weights you see, you go to the gym or you go, or, you know, that you can buy and you can have in your own little house. So, you know, it's about like, it probably stands about like about uh, three feet tall. And it's got every weight from essentially five pounds to like 20 to like 25, 30 pounds on it. They got that and then a bunch of. And then they got they got that and a bunch of yoga mats, and that essentially was was their workout was was uh, their was the women's workout equipment. It, it's 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 shameful, it's disgusting, it's reprehensible, it's incomprehensible. Considering that they would do that and expect and expect to get away with it without getting essentially roasted and dragged and made fun of and ridiculed all across. Uh, the internet and me and media airwaves, it's it's despicable. I mean, I just, I mean, I I I I don't get it. I mean, I understand that that their cat. I understand, and and this is not sexist. What I'm saying, what I'm about to say, it's just the fact. It's I understand that their men's best that their D one men's basketball tournament. Is the NCAA's cash cow at this time of the year? It's nothing sexist. It's nothing misogynistic about it. It's just the way it is. Their men's tournament is making and has made more money for the NCAA than their women's tournament has. I I I know that and I understand that's a fact. But that but they should not use that essentially as an excuse or as a crutch or as their reasoning for essentially giving their women participants table scraps. You should just because one just because one you know just because they got okay they have two products just because one product is making you more than making you more than the other doesn't mean that your standards fall or your hospitality you know your hospitality levels fall your professionalism falls because they don't make you as much money as, as the latter it doesn't it, it that it shouldn't be the case 
let's say for example, let's say for example that Apple's making more that uh, that Apple's making more money on their uh, on their on their uh, phones and their iPads compared compared to their computers. So what? Because because their computers aren't aren't making the, the same aren't making Apple the same amount of money as iPhones and iPads that they essentially should should give their customers a, a crappy a crappy MacBook. No, you don't do that. Just because one product's making you more than the other doesn't mean that you lower your stands and you essentially give give Group A table scraps and you essentially give Group B the world because they make the most amount of money. Both of them, both of them should have gotten top of the line, A-tier workout equipment from the very beginning. They should have gotten their own little night. They should have had a whole ballroom. I don't know the scene in San Antonio compared to Indianapolis, but they should have given them a, a, a bigger ballroom as you could find at any hotel in that San Antonio area, where they, you know, where they can work out, lift, lift, do the Tom Brady pliability stuff, Pilates. Uh, treadmill, give them the world. Say, look, this space is yours for X amount of time. Go ahead, have at it, knock yourself out. And they should have given them from the jump and they shouldn't allow the orange theories of the world who essentially came out and said, you know, we'll we'll open up our, not Texas is, is, all of Texas is 99% open anyway, but we'll secure our orange theory workout studios and have them private just for the just for the um, players in the in the uh, women's tournament, so if they want to work out in between games, you know they can they they're they're free to use our skill. They they the NCAA should not have to essentially get embarrassed by every single person underneath the sun for their poor for their piss poor behavior. They they should have they should have came right out and they should have given them top of the line stuff from the beginning. Top of the line. If the if if the it, it it shouldn't matter what tournament makes more money that should be irrelevant. If you're underneath the umbrella of the NCAA, you should be treated the same way as the latter. The, the men equality here, men and women, both the, the women should 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 get the whole world as far as their bubble is concerned. The same way on the men's side, they should get the whole world. And if and if the men ends up making them more, and if the men's basketball tournament ends up making them more money than the women's does, then so be it. Let that let that be out of the NCAA's control. Let that be let that be let that be determined by the consumers, you and I, the fan, not not the NCAA. Essentially, putting them behind the eight ball, and then then wondering, and then they wonder why the NCAA, the men's tournament, racks in billions. While the women's tournament racks in minimal millions, they should put them on a let on an even level playing field, setting them up to succeed. Even level playing field, whether it's giving them the proper equipment so they can train as properly, whatever they they should put them out on an on a level playing field, and they shouldn't. It should it should be level and equal for everybody, level and equal for everybody. And let them, and again, let the ratings, let 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 the fans determine which product they like better. Don't sabotage 
Don't don't think because well it's obvious that that the that the fans prefer this product over the other one. So because of that, I'll sabotage the product that that uh you know that the fans don't like and essentially bring it bring it down worse than what it already is. Don't do that. Don't don't sabotage your own don't don't that sabotaging your own product and your own brand, which essentially is what the NCAA did. They sabotage they sabotaged their own product. They saw that well, it's obvious that that the women's tournament doesn't nearly have the same amount of juice as the men's does. So here's what we'll do: we'll essentially give give the women participants essentially a rack of weights and a uh, and a yoga mat and tell them to go work out while essentially will while meanwhile will essentially drag all the weights and training equipment from all the little universities surrounding the Indianapolis area, put them in a ballroom in downtown Indianapolis and essentially have them have their own little YMCA while the women essentially get, you know, stuff that we got that only costs about $500 off of, uh, off of Amazon. That's not right. That, 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 that's, that, that's not right. That's not right. And it's not fair. Level playing the fields for everybody. Set them up to succeed. Set them up to succeed. They should get top of the line, top tier equipment. Their food should be top of the line, same as the men. Don't again. That was another thing. You know, the women essentially got cat vomit. Not the not saying that you know not and and it wasn't like the men was eating you know. Uh, food you know handcrafted and made made to order from Gordon Ramsay either but the food should be top of line they shouldn't be getting cat vomit while they get a semi-decent buffet uh-uh Le- level for everybody they should be they should be fed well the women should be fed well the men should be fed well the women should have great workout equipment that they can maximize their strength to the fullest the men should as well if the men get a if the men get a planet fitness if the men get a planet fitness in their bubble the women should should get should get a uh should get a um should get a uh, give me another uh a uh a, a gym place a YMCA in this love for everybody and if it turns out you you know, and if you turns out you look at the numbers and you see that that you know that the men's tournament's more popular than the women's basketball tournament, then have that be decided by the fans. Have it have that and, and, and simply because and simply be decided on what product the fans like best. Not don't sabotage it and don't and don't set them up to fail essentially sending a message that you don't care because you've because you've noticed that the women's tournament doesn't make you the same amount of money as the men's tournament does it's just it's it's despicable it's disc- it's disgraceful it's trifling and the ncaa ought to be ashamed of themselves and it's not that the ncaa you know can afford any negative publicity they were a complete mess and they fumbled and stumbled and bumbled around you know trying to put a college football season together essentially instead of them being the central sole voice of okay okay all of our conferences d1 d2 here's what we're going to do they they instead left it up to the individual conferences and even some schools to make up their mind 
on uh, how they were going to address a uh, and have a 2020 college football season this past fall. And then and then they and then again they've been looking bad for the last whatever it might be because because their college kids, men and women, make their respective universities and the NCAA billions upon billions upon billions and billions of dollars in revenue and directly the college the uh the uh, student athletes the college the uh, college athletes see zero percent of that pie directly not indirectly but directly they get nothing back they're not allowed to have a youtube channel you know to earn a little side hustle there the the ucf kicker that had a youtube channel he had to uh he honestly had to pick between his channel and football and he chose his channel you know if i you know if they if i was a d1 college athlete and was still doing this podcast on the side now i don't you know manscaped hasn't called me yet so i don't have to worry about that but if i did i'd have to choose between or keep this podcast underground you know, and essentially live two separate lives without the NCAA getting involved, because God forbid a a and uh, a uh, a um a college athlete make a buck without the NCAA getting a little bit something from it, and the, you know NCAA gets everything, and the kid and the young. 19 20 21 year old gets absolutely nothing you know can't work a job because they're always busy you know because playing a d1 sport is not an easy task not because you got classes and social lives and everything else so they don't have so they can't go ahead and work at the dick sporting goods around the corner you know and they can't they can't you know they can't sell any of their merchandise for profit they can't you know have their jerseys being sold and have them get a piece of that pie back they can't have little they can't make uh, you know have podcasts or do YouTube on the side without the NCAA beaking their nose in it without them getting involved and uh, yeah so it's just been a complete mess and that's what the and that's men and women's side the NCAA has been a dis- been a disgrace especially at the D one level because D one all of those athletes basketball basketball and football primarily uh, women's women's and men's basketball and of course their uh, their football programs have made the NCAA just with those just with those two sports alone have made them billions off for the, for the last whatever it might be but it's it's just been a complete disgrace the women should have tier 1 workout equipment it should be it should be given top of the line uh food just like the just like the men just like they gave the men top of the line food and top of the line workout equipment as well you get level playing field guys equality for everybody they are no better and no worse than the women are just because just because just because it's women's basketball and they're playing on a bubble down San Antonio instead of Indianapolis and their games aren't on CBS leading into 60 minutes doesn't mean that that you slight them and they and they shouldn't have the right to work out with pristine top of the line workout equipment and eat semi decent food that doesn't look like pig vomit. So yeah, it's 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 disgraceful and and, and it's reprehensible and the NCAA should be ashamed of themselves. Really should be. No, and then, and again, this is the NCAA that really can't afford any more bad blemishes upon, uh, you know, upon uh, the uh, upon the league or association, whatever you want to call it. But it, it's 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 disgraceful. It really it really is disgraceful, it really is. And and again, I and like I said on social, I'm more surprised that the NCAA thought they were going to get away with it. 
you know, thinking that they, that essentially that they were, that they were going to knowingly and, and, and knew good and well that they were going to do this. And, 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 and I, I am floored at the fact that they thought that they were going to get away with it without somebody in this day and age with the way, th not, not just with, uh, with, you know, the social climate, you know, as a, as a, as, as a, uh, you know, as, um, as human beings on this earth in this, in this social climate in 2021, but also because we, we, you know, we got, we got cell phones and iPads, you know, we're as technologically savvy as, as, as ever could be. I mean, they really think we're going to get away with this, you know, they get, you know, they gave the fans that attended the men's tournament, they gave, they gave them the works and they gave people that attended the women's tournament some sad towel, little goodie bag. No, my goodness gracious. You, I mean, and I, and I don't even think, and I could be wrong, I don't even think on the, on the, on the little women's goodie bag, I don't think it says anything about, you know, 2021 women's final four San Antonio on it. I don't think it should, but I, I don't think it doesn't even say that. So I mean, it's I it's 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 just been disgusting and despicable all the way around. The NCAA should be ashamed of themselves, and they should fix it. And for the and if this isn't another reason why Mark Emmert that joke deserves to be kicked out, here's another reason: blatant sexism and misogyny. Can't get any clearer than that. Take a break. Give you my thoughts on LeBron James and Lamelo Ball. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now from uh, college hoops to pro hoops as far as the National Basketball Association uh, is concerned. Just a quick two items that I uh, want to address before we end the show today. Um, one, LeBron James uh, suffered a high ankle sprain over the, over the, the last few days. He, you know, the Lakers said that he will be out indefinitely, which, uh, you know, and considering that the Lakers traded away all of their young talent and, you know, traded their depth and their good players on the bench away to make sure that they had Anthony Davis, you know, they have their, their hands essentially are tied at this point because they... You know, I mean, they're sitting right now in the Western Conference as the force, as the uh, 
as the four seed in a, uh, a game and a half ahead of uh, Denver, who holds the five and tied right now with their uh, staple center tenant, uh, the L.A. Clippers for third. But you know, and they've been and they've been on a three. They've been on a three game. They've split five of the. You know, they the last ten they've split five and five. They're riding a three game losing streak. Uh, right now they're two and five within the division this season for what is worth. Um, but they have, uh, you know, they've had a just. Uh, I mean, and, and and LeBron James doing his best he can because Anthony Davis, you know, every single time he, you know Anthony Davis's timetable gets with the calf injury just gets pushed back and pushed back and put. So who knows when we'll see Anthony Davis or LeBron James back out on the court for the Lakers again. You know, and it, and if you're a Laker fan, it needs to be soon, sooner rather than later because again, all of their good talent they had to, you know, their good future talent that they had they traded they traded to, you know, the Brandon Ingrams of they had to trade them to uh, New Orleans because uh, Anthony Davis be damned he's coming to our uh, he's coming and playing for the Los Angeles Lakers franchise so they're in trouble you know they you know Denver holds the five. Portland holds the six. Spurs are the seventh. Mavericks are the eighth. Golden State could steal a wild card spot at number nine at twenty-two and twenty-two. And even teams like the Memphis Grizzlies and the Pelicans aren't dead out of the water yet. Because if the Lakers, you know, if the Lakers fall to seven or eight, who knows where who you know, the Warriors or Memphis could end up sneaking in there. Probably not the Pelicans, they're nineteen and twenty four and it's a competitive Western conference. But the late the Lakers could be in a heap of trouble. I mean, they could end up missing the playoffs and that, and that's not hyperbole in me saying that. I mean they, they could legit they could legitimately end up missing the playoffs because of this. They didn't give a timetable with LeBron. They said he's going to be out indefinitely. And indefinitely essentially means who you know, it's it's basically for the foreseeable future, who knows when it's going to end. You know, last and last night they lost New Orleans 128 to 111. And like I said, New Orleans is sitting here at you know, nine, at 19 and 24 right now. And and this season are 8 and 12 at Smoothie King Center down in New Orleans. You know they, you know they got Zion, and that's and that's pretty much it. They are barely treading water right now in the Western Conference, and they are right now in a heap of trouble, heap of trouble with LeBron James, who who's going to be missing the next foreseeable future amount of time with a uh, with a high ankle sprain. He's averaging twenty five points this season, um, seven seven assists, shooting fifty one percent from the field, um, seventy percent from the free throw line. Uh, 36% from three, and averaging uh, and averaging nearly eight rebounds a game. He's played 41 seasons uh, in the 2020. Excuse me, 41 games in the 2020-2021 season thus far. But it, it's it's a devastating blow for the Lakers, who have already who already prior to LeBron's injury were having issues trying to tread water with no Anthony Davis. Essentially, LeBron having to you know, carry the team on his own essentially and then all of a sudden he high high ankle sprained it and then all of a sudden, you know, it looks like right now that the uh, Lakers season could be in peril. That's item number one. Item number two is LaMelo Ball, who unlike Lonzo is actually pretty good at the uh, at the game of basketball and and in many people's eyes um, you know, it depends on the uh, limit. You know, I don't know the in and out rules as far as how many games you have to play minimum in order for you to be considered, you know, for rookie of the year. 
But if Lamelo Ball's met the, but if Lamelo Ball has met that criteria, he should get. He's averaging nearly 16 points a game, uh, nearly six rebounds, six assists, shooting 45% from the field, 37% from three, 78% from the free throw line, and has just, you know, and he and it looks like he might be out for the rest of the season with a you know with a broken wrist. So, which is an unfortunate, which is an unfortunate blow to Charlotte because Charlotte right now, granted the Eastern Conference is weak and it stinks, but Charlotte right now holds the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference with a twenty-one and twenty-one, uh, with a twenty-one and twenty-one record, winning six out of the last ten games. Which, and a big part of that is because Lamelo Ball has, who you know, point, you know, the point guard who they drafted over uh, this past year's draft has been absolutely off the charts for him. If you go, you know, if you want to go back and look at his, um, at his, uh, at his game logs or how he's played so far this season, he's, he's had, he's had very, 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 very good games. I haven't seen him often, you know, because you haven't seen him often, of course, but he, but he's, you know, he's been, he's, uh, been playing very, very solid basketball, a lot better than, than his brother. I guarantee you that Lonzo, who. I remember every, you know, it was like every single day in my uh, sophomore Spanish class, I was getting into arguments uh, because they all thought that Lamelo Ball essentially was one of the best point guards in the NBA. I was like, "What are you crazy?" I mean, this guy—I understand a point guard is supposed to be the facilitator and not and play unselfish basketball, but the but you can't be an effective point guard in the NBA if you're if you're averaging a triple single to use Charles Barkley's verbiage you, you know averaging a triple single at the time of game that 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 that's not that's not that's not winning basketball and that's not what a second you know that's not what a second pick in the draft you know to to the storied Los Angeles Lakers out of the storied UCLA should be producing on a night in night out basis I, I would get into many arguments with uh with guys you know telling them like guys i mean pay attention will you please i mean my goodness my goodness gracious i mean he's this guy's averaging the guy can't even average double digits points per game he wants to be a family he's the best uh, point guard in all the basketball and so there's many arguments but he but the mel ball's been an absolutely different story you know he's had multiple games where he's just performed off the charts dropped 22 and on dallas uh, December the thirtieth, dropped twenty two uh, on Atlanta on the ninth of uh, on the ninth of January, dropped twenty seven against Milwaukee on Jan on January thirtieth, dropped thirty four points and went uh thirty four with uh, with a block, two steals, eight assists, and um and four rebounds against Utah on February fifth. Highest points he's ever, uh, you know, highest points he's ever scored in an NBA game thus far on uh, against Utah on uh, February the 5th. He dropped 34 points, dropped 30 points against Portland in a loss, though. Um, dropped 30 points against Portland on March the 1st, put up 30 points, had, um, had a block, four steals, eight assists. Six, uh, six rebounds in a game for uh, for uh, Charlotte that night. Put up twenty three. Put up twenty three on March thirteenth against Toronto. Put up twenty six against the Lakers on uh, on March the eighteenth. Put up twenty. Had you know had nights where he dropped uh, twenty points or more. Uh, four nights in a row from. Uh, February twenty second to uh, or actually if you include the uh, include the other thirty point game that's five games from 
uh, for excuse me, from February 22nd to March the 1st. 21, 20, 22, 24, and 30. So he has been a huge, huge, huge factor in why the uh, Charlotte Hornets are right now sitting with the five seed in the Eastern Conference and are fly and were flying high up until the mellow ball got injured, which you hate to see. You know, you know the equi- the equivalent to that. If you can, and I let me know if it's a fair comparison, but I look at it. And, you know, not exactly the same, but it's like Joe Burrow, you know, getting his ACL ripped up. You know, bright, young, fresh star who, you know, all of a sudden came on the map, came on the map, got drafted by a team that essentially, like Charlotte and the and the Bengals have done nothing for the, for the vast part of 15 plus years or so in their history. You know, they come to it, they come to a new organization trying to see if they can turn it around and they put up impressive numbers and before and before you can even get rook and before you can even award award them excuse me with rookie of the year nominations you know they uh they you know their season gets cut short due to a season ending injury but hope the best for LaMelo Ball um certainly will be a young talent that if he sticks around in Charlotte could end up uh, changing that organization for the better. Michael Jordan looked like he got a winner this time. Uh, looks like MJ finally drafted and finally got a winner. So give all credit, give all the credit in the world to MJ for selecting a LaMelo Ball. We still love to see that one-on-one, by the way, between Jordan, between, uh, Jordan and LeVar. I would pay money, <laughs> pay money to see that. To see that now, pay per view. I don't care where you put it. I'll, I'll find it, and if I gotta pay for it, I'll pay for it. I, Michael, fifty some year old Michael Jordan going up against Levar Ball. That is as my as my man Mad Dog Chris Russo would like to say. That is championship television right there. But hope the best for Lamelo and LeBron's recoveries with their respected injuries. As this uh, podcast sports talk program is coming to a close. And if you are new to the program and enjoyed it, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. If you're, uh, you know, share with your friends and family via social, uh, text message, email included. Um, talk to you all on Saturday to preview the Sweet 16 the NCAA tournament. Stay safe. Y'all take care. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatelit at Amatelit underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. See you Saturday. Y'all take care.